Welcome to Amici, news and insight from the New York State Unified Court System. I'm John Carr. Today we are once again turning the mic over to Kim Stevens of the Office of Workforce Diversity for a diversity dialogue interview. Today, Kim will be interviewing Porter Kirkwood, the first African-American district executive in the 6th Judicial District, which is based in Binghamton. Mr. Kirkwood, a graduate of Hofstra Law School, was previously an attorney in private practice on Long Island. He also served as a Delaware County attorney and as a court attorney referee. Kim? Porter. Porter Kirkwood, thank you for joining us today. As we heard in the introduction, you are the district executive for the 6th Judicial District. So let's start from scratch. What in the world is a district executive? (laughs) Well, thank you for inviting me to do this interview. I greatly appreciate this opportunity. Um, As district executive, um, under the direction of my uh, administrative judge, I'm responsible for all of the court operations in the 10 counties which comprise the 6th Judicial District. So everything from getting pencils and paper up to, you know, organizing which judge is going where to cover what cases. Wow, it sounds like you're a very busy man. (laughs) What is your day like? I assume that every once in a while you'll get a chance to eat and sleep, right? (laughs) But what does your average day look like? Well, I'm an early morning person. I like to get in here before the phones start to ring, and uh, that time I find particularly uh, productive. Uh, But a typical day is usually about 50% responding to emails, um, 30% meeting with staff on whatever issues happen to come up that day, and and about 20% on the phone. Uh, On the days when I'm traveling around the district for meetings, um, that takes up usually half the day for even the simplest meeting. Um, Our district is really large, and so you can't get anywhere in less than an hour. So tell me, uh, what in your mind constitutes a perfect workday? For example, do your meetings fluctuate in time, or are they usually typically done at the same time every day, certain meetings? Uh, Oh, no. They're never, um, ordinarily, they're very rarely scheduled. Um, You know, if the ones that are, that have a set schedule are usually the ones that are out in the district uh, where we have to set a time, be in Chemung County at one o'clock. But the meetings that happen here at the district office are usually impromptu. Um, I have an open door policy. My staff have an issue. They just come right to the door and we sit down and discuss it. Oh, that's awesome. So let me just ask you, how did you end up in this role as district executive? Uh, You're coming from private practice, correct, into public sector service. Uh, No, actually, I was the county attorney in Delaware County. I was a municipal uh, attorney for most of my career. Um, I started there as a, you know, staff attorney for the Department of Social Services and worked my way up to a county attorney. Uh, then when I joined the court system, I joined as a court attorney referee here in the district office. Um, the the 6th district did not uh, traditionally have court attorney referees. Okay. And myself and Lisa Smith were the first two uh, here in the district office. Um, now we have uh, four here in the district office, and we're continuing to expand that law department. Uh, but while I was here, the district executive uh, retired. I applied, and now I'm the district executive. So how many years have you been an attorney? I've been an attorney for well, over 25 years. 
uh, March of 1994, I was. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what influenced you to become an attorney? What sparked your interest? Did you have any mentors growing up that influenced you? Did you have any experiences that influenced you? Uh, that's interesting. Not for um, I've had lots of mentors over the years, um, but not that pushed me towards uh, law school. Okay. Um, law school was, you know, I, I when I took the uh, the truth is I took the LSAT. I did well on it, and I said, okay, let's go to law school. Okay. <laughs> That's the truth. And, okay. And, and after I got into it, I was like, this is fabulous. I love this. Wow. You, you became more and more intrigued. <laughs> yes. It was one of those things where, where life just pushed me in the right direction. So it's my understanding also that you were involved, you are involved in some major initiatives before becoming district executive. So I believe uh, you helped to found the criminal drug treatment and family treatment courts in Delaware. Yeah, Helping to implement the raise the age legislation yes. that raised the age of criminal responsibility. Yes, in, in Delaware County, it's funny, um, they, they all kind of tie together. The uh, drug, and I was very interested in the drug treatment court when they first uh, started it and so volunteered to be one of the founding members of the drug treatment court uh, because I was doing mostly family court work and I knew that the next phase after they put in place a drug treatment court would be a family treatment court. And so I wanted to be in on the ground floor when they when they developed the family treatment court, which only a couple of years later they, they implemented. Um, also, all that family court experience had me very much on the front lines of raise the age. You know, for years we'd been talking about, are they going to increase the age of uh, criminal responsibility? Mm -hmm. And so when I was here at the district office, when raised RTA came into place, uh, I was a, you know obvious person to uh, help be a liaison around the, the district to get that implemented. This is all cutting-edge legislation, and to be a part of that, I'm sure, is, is an amazing uh, experience for you in your career as well. Oh, and a wonderful opportunity, absolutely. Does the court system, do you think, uh, this is John Kerr, I'm going to cut in a little bit. Does sure. the court system provide you and others with that opportunity to be on the court cutting-edge? Oh, absolutely. The former district executive, Greg Gates, uh, came to me. He knew that I had a background in uh, in family law, and so when uh, RTA came in, he came to me and he said, would you be interested in being the, the district's liaison for RTA? And I said, oh, of course I would. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And, uh, you know, and I went around the district and was able to help the various counties, you know, put together their plans and implement them and, and uh, liaison with the DCAJ's office, and it was just a great experience. Let's take a, step, gave, back. Let's take a step back. Um, sure. Where are you from, and how did a nice guy like you end up in Binghamton? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was born and raised down on Long Island um, in Cedarhurst, and uh, I you know, saw an ad in the New York Law Journal, which is what got me to Delaware County back in 1996, uh, staff attorney for the Department of Social Services, and uh, I was there for, you know, over 20 years before I took the job with uh, the court system, which brought me here to Binghamton. Was that a big transition going from uh, private practice on Long Island to, to public service in Delaware County? It was. It really was. I mean, I, 
I had been uh, traveling. The firm that I worked for on Long Island did most of their practice in Manhattan, Queens, and Brooklyn. Um, and so I was driving in and, and, you know, showing up for calendar calls as a young attorney in, in those courthouses, which were just, you know, I mean, you'd have calendars with 300 and something cases on them in the morning. Mm -hmm. and uh, Going to Delaware County, where the courthouse is across the street, and there are basically seven to ten attorneys that you deal with the same people every single day uh, you know they were the they were the uh, attorney for the child at 10 a.m. and then the respondents counsel at 12:15, <laughs> and uh, it was a very different environment but just a wonderful place in Delaware County moving to uh, that rural uh, environment was just a great place to raise a family so uh, tell me about your family uh, I'm married uh, <laughs> with uh, one son who's 19 years old now, and, uh, and uh, you know, we were married back in 1996, just before we moved up to uh, Delaware County, and uh, have been together <laughs> all this time, all these years, <laughs> haven't killed each other yet, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, and raising our, our son in Delaware County was just, you know, I mean, it was just wonderful. You knew when he walked from school to daycare, which was only, you know, three or four blocks away, that he was going to pass at least 10 people who knew him and loved him on the way, so he was completely safe. It, 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 it is a beautiful part of the state. Tell me about your parents. What did they do? Oh, well, my father is black, uh, African-American, and he's, uh, you know, we could trace his uh, history back to slavery. Uh, my mom was from Sicily, uh, came, and her family came here uh, through Ellis Island in the early 1900s. Uh, both of them grew up, you know, in poverty and uh, oppression, you know, children of the World War II and the Depression. Um, depression era folks and and so uh, they worked very hard they had believed in the american dream and worked very hard my mother ended up as the uh, director of social work at nassau county medical center um, and my father is a college professor um, at nassau community college he's 91 years old and still teaching wow isn't that fantastic sociology criminology and cultural and racial minorities and you're a descendant of slaves yes Wow. So, Porter, uh, what are the demographics uh, like in your district? Uh, I can give you the It's interesting you ask that. Um, it, it's, uh, I have the exact demographics. I just happen to have them. <laughs> okay. Uh, Broome County, uh, as, of the, uh, as of 2018... It has, uh, has one black Italian, right? <laughs> yes, it does. It's 91.33% white, 3.28% black, 0.19% uh, Native American, 2.79% uh, Asian, uh, and 0.03% Pacific Islander, uh, and 0.79% other races. So Porter Only 1.59% are from two or more races. So I'm in that 159 <laughs> So as a person, as, as the first person of color to hold this important position, what has been the reaction, not only from your colleagues and the judges you serve, but the public as well? Honestly, um, my race I, uh, and my ethnicity hasn't uh, had any impact that I've noticed. Um, so I've been very warmly received um, all the way around. 
What do you think it says to the public at large when they see a non-traditional professional such as yourself in such a prominent position? Well, I hope that it uh, is an example of that diversity and inclusion are, are you know, positive and uh, and that we our society is moving forward in those aspects. Okay. John, do you have anything that you want to add? Sure. In, uh, in your opinion, is diversity in the court system merely a matter of optics or racial, ethnic, gender, pride, or does it matter in some substantive manner? Oh, I think it definitely matters. Um, I think that, you know, it's important for the court users when they come in to see people that look like them on the other side of the windows and, and benches and and uh, I think that's it's more than just optics um, I think it's a matter of you know comfort and and knowing that, that they're going to find justice here so how how does the sixth uh, judicial district encourage or promote diversity well I think certainly I know that uh, I've been on a number of interview panels and uh, I really like the fact that we have uh, a set uh, procedure uh, for inc increasing diversity uh, amongst the uh, court staff. Um, I'm trying to, I have it. Okay. Give me just one moment. Here. Sure. When we go out to do the interviews, I, I always I was looking for the exact language. The OCA workforce diversity policies that they that they provide each of us, I think, are very helpful. So that when we're actually doing the uh, the interviews and and looking for candidates, that we can really uh, improve diversity throughout the system. Okay, and that's and that's and that's uh, being done through the interview panel process. Yeah, in addition, I, one of the things that I think we really need to do is, is to find a way to market the positions that are available in the uh, court system um, by, you know, I mean, traditional mass media and, and those types of things. Are, um, social media is a wonderful way to advertise the positions, but I think we need to make a better, do a better job connecting with the colleges, uh, law schools, graduate schools, high schools, um, actually getting out there. I know our security force uh, and the court officers do a great job going out to the various uh, job fairs on the various campuses uh, just so that you can see and touch and talk to uh, our employees. I think that personal touch is a great re recruitment tool for getting folks into the uh, the court system. Well, I can definitely say working in the diversity office and collaborating with human resources, we're definitely um, increasing the ways in which we interact with the public, definitely increasing our visibility by going out to more uh, career fairs, uh, seeking out military, former military personnel or former law enforcement personnel, especially for um, our upcoming court officer examination that's going to be offered in 2020, in spring of this year, 
Um, and we're also exploring more social media platforms as well, especially Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and so forth. So we're definitely uh, on that path to connect with um, a vast group of people um, to attract them, to come in and see the opportunities we have here in the court system. I, I, think, um, I think we're all on the same page with that. But yeah. Porter, let me ask you, are you getting the support that you need from your administrative judge and our, the entire administration of the unified court system? Uh, without question. Um, our former uh, administrative judge, uh, uh, Judge Fitzgerald, uh, was extremely supportive uh, when um, the DCAG's uh, diversity task force was put into place. You know, she invited me and, and, and uh, was very supportive of my joining and becoming a part of that. Uh, I think that our new administrative judge, uh, Judge Faunen, is uh, also very supportive of, of all of these types of initiatives. That's sure. great to hear. Is the court system a good place to work for someone of your background? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> this is a great place to work. I mean, I, I've said it many, many times that I feel incredibly fortunate uh, to have the opportunity to work with such talented and bright people and, and to have the support that you have here in the court system. I mean, I know that there have been some lean times, and, and <laughs> I've had the good fortune of coming in after those times, uh, but my experience so far has been this is a wonderful place to work. So what would be your advice to someone who may want to follow in your footsteps? Well, um, certainly in terms of uh, applying for positions in, in the court system, the first thing I would tell them is, you know, be patient. Don't get discouraged by initial rejections. Um, you know, I had applied for many positions with the court system, and I, and I understood that just because you get rejected doesn't mean the system doesn't want you. Right. You know, it just means you weren't the best candidate for that particular position. So please keep trying. Don't you know? Don't don't give up. Be patient. Um, that would be the uh, be strategic in in your applications. Um, so you know, apply for the things that you really have the qualifications for. Those would be the, the kinds of recommendations that I would make. And finally, what legacy do you want to leave as the first African-American ever to serve as sixth judicial district executive? Well, uh, in terms of legacy, uh, you know, I, I hope that, uh, that my example will be a positive example uh, for folks who, who want to get in and, you know, work their way up through the system. Um, Certainly, anything I can do to help make the system a better system, um, you know, I, my ultimate goal, I want us to have an absolutely perfect judicial system. <laughs> That's how I'd like it to be when I leave here. Uh, but, you know, certainly I want to promote things like the expansion of uh, alternate dispute resolution and the problem-solving court models, uh, because I believe that those kinds of case resolutions are, are much better than, than traditional adversarial Thank you for this opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Amici. 
You find all of our recent podcasts on the Court Systems website at www.nycourts.gov. And most are also in the iTunes podcast library. If you have a suggestion for an Amici podcast, please let me know. I'm John Carr, and I can be reached at 518-453-8669 or J-C-A-H-E-R at nycourts.gov. In the meantime, stay tuned.